0: Welcome to the New Christian Life Church's live stream where the pastors are Pastors Richard and Emma Butler. And we are so glad that you are joining us today. No matter what it may look like, we believe and know that God is in control. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble, Psalms 46 and 1. And with the help of modern technology, we can gather virtually to praise, Worship and Minister God's Word. If this is your first time tuning in, we would like to give you a special welcome. You could have picked any church's live stream, but you chose ours, and we thank you for that. Our mission is to go to the highways and hedges to share God's Word throughout the world, whether it be in person, at our church, or virtually on your phone, tablet, computer, or smart TV. Make sure to like and follow us on social media at Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, and Instagram. And share this with your family and friends. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it and we appreciate you.
1: He is still the God of miracles this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father. You reign from everlasting to everlasting. We give you honor and praise on this day, oh God. Father God, we thank you, Father God, for being so good to us, oh God. We thank you, God, for still healing us this morning, oh God. We thank you, God, for still delivering us this morning, oh God. We thank you, God, for still protecting us this morning, God. No matter what's going on in the world, Father God, You're the captain of this sea, Father God. We thank you on this morning. Everything, every need that is is needed in this house, Lord, let it be met today. Lord, let this word penetrate the minds, the hearts and the souls of everyone under the sound of my voice. Father God, I ask you to cleanse all our sins And make us anew in your son, Jesus. And Father God, I ask all these blessings through your son, Jesus' name. And let the church say, amen. You may take your seat. Amen. This word is just confirmation of the last song. And I'm just so blown away. Because when God gave me this message, he gave me a sense of urgency to give to you all. Because while the world is in chaos, we are living in a time and a crucial season where the whole world is distracted. And even us Christians, Some of us are falling and drifting to the wayside. So God had me to come to you this morning as a reminder and for you to do your own self-examination on this day. And with the question and say, can you boldly say, without a shadow of a doubt, that God is your anchor? When the When the seas of life and the waters are choppy and the wind is chaotic, can you say that God is my anchor? Today's message is not only for the believer, but also for the non-believer. So ask yourself, when worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, keeping busy, can you say that God is the anchor of your boat? So the title, if you need one today is, Don't Drift, We Have an Anchor. Amen? Don't Drift, We Have an Anchor. You may ask yourself, what is an anchor? I'm glad you asked. An anchor is a metal device which is thrown into the ocean to the bottom of the ocean bed. And I know many times, you know, if you watch fishing shows or you're a fisherman or you like boats, the anchor is what the captain or the person of sea throws so they can get to a certain spot in the sea to keep safe. It's like a metal device. So the anchor provides, listen to this, the anchor b- provides stability to the boat so the boat won't drift due to the winds and choppy water. If the boat has an anchor, the boat will stand firm and will not be affected by such forces. Amen. So the anchor symbolizes trust, hope, safety, reassurance, and peace. Now imagine being on a boat without an anchor. You have no direction. Your, your boat can go left, right, front, and back. But that anchor is what the fishermen throw over in the sea so that bottom can be firm. It will be unmovable. Amen? If you turn your Bibles, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to read chap, uh, verses 13 through 20. That is Hebrews 6. 13 through 20, and I will be reading from the New Living Translation. I want everyone to get this today. Starting at 13. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. 16 says, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. That's powerful. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, my God, can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope That lies before us. 19 reads. This hope is a strong. And trustworthy anchor. For our souls. It leads us through the curtain. Into God's inner sanctuary. The last verse 20 says. Jesus had already gone. In there for us. He has become our internal. High priest. In the order of. Melchizedek okay. So. This book that I just read in Hebrews, it begins with there was a promise that God gave to Abraham. And this blew my mind, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a Jesus fanatic. I'm sorry. The word is so rich. When he gave this promise to Abraham, there was no one greater than God to make this a contract. Understand this. When two people are about to make an agreement, if you think about court, you have a lawyer on one side and a lawyer on side, and then there's the judge. These two lawyers cannot make a decision without the judge. I'll give you another example. Two people are getting married. God is the overseer, and the minister is the one that's taking them through the vows. This wedding cannot happen without the minister. This is the oath that these two people have to repeat what the minister says. So God was so serious about this promise to Abraham that he swore an oath to himself because no one else was greater than he. Do y'all understand that? No one was greater, so he made an oath and a promise to himself. That is powerful. I hope y'all get that. See, Abraham was a man that endured. You know, at times, Abraham, he had his drifting moments. He became impatient. He became, he had laughter. <laughs> And through it all God seen his beginning, middle and end. See, God knew that he can work through Abraham when he told Abram at the time to leave your country. Leave your family, leave your father house and I'm going to show you a place. Abraham didn't Abram at the time didn't say why? Why me? Guess what a- Abram did at that time? He just left. Because he trusted that God was his anchor. He trusted that God was going to be the captain of his ship. And wherever God told him to go, he was going to go. He didn't get in himself. You can look up that in Genesis 12. When God told him, leave your country, Abram. Leave your family. Leave your father's house. And I'm going to show you a land. He didn't say, why? He didn't say, oh, God, how am going to pay this on this day and that day? How is this going to be met? Abram went without question because God, Abram, knew who God was. Do you know who God is this morning? Despite what's going on in the world, is God your anchor? So when God say, said, I will certainly bless you. And I will multiply your descendants. Guess what? Abraham waited patiently. And it took years. It didn't come overnight. Remember, Abraham laughed when God said, I'm going to give y'all a son. Sometimes because God is very humorous. But he waited patiently and he received all that God has promised. So, real called. To patiently endure like Abraham, we're not supposed to turn to the world. We're not supposed to listen to the world. We're not supposed to gain this anxiety. Because guess what? These things are already written in the book. Hmm. I'm going to stop there. I don't want to get too beside myself. So, to even think about Abraham's plan, I mean God's plan for Abraham, we're living in this same promise because of Christ. We are Abraham's heirs. It's evident in the word that the descendants of Abraham exist. If we look at all the nations that are in Christ, there is black, white, Asian, Jamaican, Bahamians and Spanish people. We're all heirs of who? Abraham. Amen. The word is evident. In addition, Life is filled with hardships, but behind the veil, into God's inner sanctuary, guess where there is? There's love, there's peace, there's joy, there's patience, there's steadiness. You don't have to feel dizzy anymore. There's a peace of heart and mind. But are we entering into the throne room of God, or are we into ourselves? where we're the the captain of our own ships. Look at your life this morning. All right? So we have to trust God through the storms, through the choppy weathers. Amen? And know that he will be our anchor. Amen? If you will flip to Hebrews chapter 2 now, and we're going to read 1 through 4. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4, and I'm going to still be coming from the New Living. It says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation? That was first announced by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and uh, various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. So the author is talking to the believers and non-believers. He's talking to the believers and say, guess what? You all need to pay attention. don't you forget the truth that you're listening every week at church or every week every day during a week if you're listening to the sermon and every week you spend time with the with the um, holy word. he said, don't forget the truth so you may not drift and he, the author is also talking to the unbelievers that are on the fence or should I believe or should I not believe because there is a time and I believe we're in that season right now where you're going to have to pick a side you're going to either be on jesus Christ's side or you're going to be on the world side which is the devil all right so it says the scripture says if we don't listen to the truth and apply it we may drift away from it we have to be attentive in this season and focus on our anchor who is jesus because if we don't we're going to drift I want you to think about that. The word of God is our hope. Jesus is our first and last hope. There's no other hope in the world but Jesus. We have to learn to wake up. This is not the season to be asleep in your faith and your salvation. The scriptures say if the angels was punished, how can we escape this great salvation? Salvation keeps us from eternal death. We don't have to worry about what's next and what's going on with the wars and rumors of wars because it's already written that these things are supposed to happen. But if we're not reading, guess what? We're going to drift into what the news is saying and not what the word is saying. Jesus will never leave our side, even in the midst of a pandemic and a war. Amen? Drifting is dangerous. You know why? Because, like I said in the beginning, picture yourself on the boat without an anchor. You have no direction. You take matters into your own hands. You're lost at sea, and no one can help you. You know of Jesus, but you decide to call your best friend instead. And guess what? You can't even call your best friend on the ship because there's no signal. (laughs) Who is your first go-to? Is it our high priest, Jesus Christ? Or is it your boss, your CEO? Drifting leads to temptation. It leads to sin, pride, greed, bad attitude, arrogance. And when your will trumps the will of God. And when we drift, these things show up in our lives. God gave me a couple examples of of us drifting. And these are not all, but this is the example he gave me. You know what area in your life that you may be drifting. So take accountability in your own self today and learn how to prioritize your life and do better. Amen? You drift when you stop reading your word. You stop worshiping, you stop spending that time with God. You're more concerned about what's on your Facebook post and feed than what's going on in the word. You drift when you don't listen to your your boss at work or your leaders and you decide to take the project in your own hands. When God has given these people authority over you, when you take stuff in your own hands, guess what? You start to drift. You drift when you stop praying and you start gossiping more and you wonder why you feel so empty because you have no power. You drift when you keep being busy trying to find fulfillment in everything else. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this at 8 o'clock. I got to do this by 10. And God is saying, be still. I need to talk to you. But when you keep, we, we have these busybody spirits, even in the church, pretending that you're helping just to be seen. But God knows your heart. You're drifting. You drift when you don't have that hunger or thirst after righteousness no more. And you thirst after the worldly possessions. You're looking at things on your phone that you shouldn't be looking at. You're drifting. You drift away when you pull away from godly accountability. You don't trust anybody because you had one bad experience in the church. So now you think you know everything, and you got people that love you and want to see you thrive. But you don't want to listen to them. You start to drift when you t- move those people to the side, and allow your friends who are not saved to tell you what to do in your life. You start to drift. You drift when you get what you want from God. You once had a fire, but since you got your house, since you got the promotion, since you got the child that you prayed for, since you got the baddest ride in the neighborhood, the fire that you once had, guess what? It burns out. And you start to drift into yourself. When God gave you that, because you were faithful. Drifting. We all, and I'm, 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 I'm standing up here, we all have drifted in some way or, no, or another. I don't have it all together. But why do we wake up every day and feel like we have to grab our phone without saying thank you, Jesus, first? Our, our, our minds, we, I, I seen this, this, this thing, this preacher talk about last night. We renew everything but our minds. And this preacher is talking about Every year, Jordan comes out with the tennis shoes. And these shoes been out since the 80s. But y'all making Jordan rich every year. These shoes are not new, but he's getting more money and, and from our black and white men with shoes that was already came out in the 80s. You're, and it's just a renewing. But when it comes to your mind, we don't want to renew our minds. Why? Why don't we have that hunger? And I believe the pandemic had it's good and it had it bad, it's bad. We stayed at home, we don't wanna do anything anymore. We lost our fire and zeal for God. Why? This is not the time to drift. This is the time where we should be bold in our faith and praying and not worrying. Why are we drifting? And I'm not yelling. I have a passion and an urgent from God to speak this word. He said, focus on me. I'm the captain that you need in your life. Pray before you feel like you got to answer the phone in the morning. Facebook can wait. Them people don't care about you, no way. They just dare to be nosy. Come on, y'all. When God telling you it's a person across the street that need a cheeseburger, but you busy. Oh, this person got a new Cadillac, but God is trying to tell you feed that person across the street a cheeseburger. Wake up. We're supposed to be light in this dark world. We're supposed to be salt in this dirty world. Is Jesus your anchor? Is he your first go-to or is he your last? We have an anchor. And as as believers, we are not cursed because we took that oath. We took that promise. Amen. We don't have to worry about if the war is coming or not because God is our anchor. And guess what? If he's seen us through the pandemic, guess what? He's going to see us through this war. Y'all thought the pandemic was something? Y'all got to read y'all word. There's worse things that's going to happen. But are you spiritually ready? Or are we too into everybody else's business on the internet? Hmm. So furthermore, this message of salvation was proclaimed not only by Jesus, but also all who passed alone by those who personally witness his ministry. The word of God is still alive, is still active, and God is still demonstrating, like the songs say, miracles, signs, and wonders. And if he's demonstrating miracle, signs, and wonders, why are we worried? If we're covered by the blood. He's active, He's sturdy, and he's firm. We just got to keep our feet steady. Amen? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, Always, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So Paul stated to the Corinthians and to us to be steadfast. What does steadfast mean? Steadfast is to be firm in your belief in God, meaning whatever God said he's going to promise you, believe it's coming to pass. Believe that you already got it. He also said, be immovable, meaning you can't not have the capable, capable to move. You have to be solid. Paul said, don't move. Amen? And it says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't get tired of doing the work of the Lord. Praying for other people. Visiting a hospital. Feeding the poor. Do not get tired. Why? Because your work is not in vain people that do these things because the world is doing the opposite. The world is me 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 and i i i and where can i get to the next level in my life? We need people to be the hands and the feet of God because guess what? God is going to reward you in his own timing. Amen. So be steadfast, be firm, whatever God has promised you, guess what? It's going to come to pass. But you have to stay solid. Amen. We're going to look at Isaiah 26 Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's powerful. God, trust us. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. So your mind has to be on Jesus so he can keep you in perfect peace. And I... I'm like, you know, I'm a thinker. <laughs> so I was, I was pondering on this scripture, and I realized that perfect peace is not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. It don't come natural. That's why our focus has to be on our captain, which is Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you, in the natural, you, you don't, if you don't read your word in, in the day, guess what? You're going to be angry at somebody. You're going to tell somebody off. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to cut somebody off. You're going to put a middle finger up when somebody cuts you off. We're drifting. But when we have the mind of Christ, he will keep us in perfect peace. The things that the world cries about, we won't be affected by it. Amen. This is reassurance that if we trust him, God will do his part. Because guess what? God provides everlasting strength, as the scriptures say. Yes, even in our weakness, our job is not to drift, but stand firm on the promises of God. If you will turn to 2 Thessalonians. We're almost done, you guys. 2 Thessalonians 3, and we're going to go from 3 through 5. Second Thessalonians three, 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 five. It says, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. This is a promise that God is faithful to us and he will establish us amen nothing can come against us because why we belong to God the scripture gives encouragement to the believer to keep going that we should continue to do what's been that's been commanded for us to do in the word so today be at peace because God loves you and guess what he will protect us from every assignment that the enemy may try to bring our way amen we belong to Christ So why be bothered by what's on the news report, what you see on Facebook, what your neighbor next to you has said? If we have a firm belief that God is going to see about his children, guess what? He's going to see about his children. Amen? Your job is to pray and not worry. Drifting, again, drifting comes when we don't spend that time that we need in God. Sunday is not enough. Because things can happen when we leave this parking lot. And the word is swift from us right away. We always need to be thinking of Christ. Amen? Whatever storm you're facing, and this is to the unbelievers, you need an anchor. You're, you're, it, it, it is time, like I say, you have to, it's, you have to pick a side. There's no in-between. Well, I don't know what I want to do. And, no, it's time to pick a side. Because Unbelievers, you are in a storm every day you walk out your house. You have motion sickness because you're not firm in Christ. And you wonder why things are not going your way because guess what? Jesus is not the anchor of your life. You're the captain of your own own ship, unbelievers. But God says today, choose me. Because guess what? I can take good care of your ship. You don't have to worry anymore. And to the unbeliever, aren't you tired of wasting your money on alcohol, drugs? Are you tired of not feeling loved? Are you tired of feeling broken, unbeliever? God said, come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you the love that you desire. You're jumping from one relationship to another, but you can't, you, nothing can satisfy your soul because Jesus needs that place in your heart. God, say, come to me today. Jesus is our last hope. It's nothing else in the world. I'm telling y'all, it's nothing else in the world. (sighs) Jesus said, focus on him, love on him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. To the believers, let's stay focused. It's time out for these games. It's time out for this disobedience. It's time out for our thirst to become more unthirsty. Let's be filled with righteousness. Because we have souls that we have to reach. But if our attitude and our character ain't right, guess what? How can we win the souls? If we're not filled, how can an unbeliever be filled? If I'm cursing out my coworker. If I'm talking nasty to my coworker, if I'm skipping and being nasty to the cash, cashier in Walmart line, how can anybody take me serious as I'm supposed to be the light? Think about your life. What can I do better? What do I need to readjust in my own life? Everybody needs to look at their own life. I gotta look at my own life. What, just like, what can I do better so I can win souls That is a sign for me to win. Nobody is perfect. Because if you were perfect, guess what? Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. Everybody needs grace and mercy. But as believers, guess what? We're supposed to be that firm, solid person that anybody can come up to for a good word. If we got money, if they need a hamburger, guess what? We should dig in our pocket and say, here, you go to McDonald's and enjoy yourself. Or I can go for you. We need to be more alert. We got people all around us every day at our jobs in a grocery store are hurting. Some people in the store right now don't even have money. But we're so focused on, oh, I got I to answer this call when I get out this store. When God is telling you, you need to go to that sister or that brother and give them $5 or pay for their groceries. This is the time that Christians, we need to be alert. Amen. In closing... No more drifting. No more drifting. We have an anchor. May we do the necessary adjustments, as I said, and do the work we need to make Jesus our first and our last hope. Amen. Amen. You may all stand. I want everybody to close their eyes in here and bow their heads. As I said, this is the time where we have to look at our own lives. Is Jesus your anchor? Is he your Lord and personal Savior? If you have drifted afar off, guess what? God said, get back on the boat. I got you. If Jesus is not your Lord and personal Savior, if you could raise your hand. Every eye closed. I want everyone in the church to repeat after me. Dear God, I know I am a sinner. I ask for forgiveness. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart, that God, you raised him from the dead. So, Jesus, I turn away from my sins, and I invite you into my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen, amen. Let's clap for the souls that were won today, amen. <clears throat> you may take your seats.